I'm Jake Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place roll those blades up and then it's a click and another click on the other side it's completely set in will not prematurely deploy will not rattle free solid containment 100 percent deployment every time so we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time so that's what's new for vip this year
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, so uh, we got some pretty cool stuff uh, going on tonight. Uh, thanks everybody for joining in. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more uh, coming in. Uh, we got uh, a brand new bow release from Gearhead Archery. So what? Uh, what? You what? Didn't, you didn't know about that? I just was showing you things we're playing with. Oh, oh! You're putting pressure on me. Yeah, well, pressure huh. up. All right. Oh, I know! I didn't know Mark was based out of uh, Minneapolis. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, he's our next door neighbor. Yeah, that's pretty nice. So, anyways, thank you for everybody tuning into another episode of the podcast. Here, sorry for the big delay here. We got a lot of things working uh, going on here. So, but we have Mark on the phone right now. He's on YouTube as well. And then we got uh, Brent and we got Skip here from Gearhead Archery. So we got a, quite a unique uh, situation because this is the first time I've ever done this big launch before. So this, there's a lot of moving parts in this aspect. So this has been a quite fun time. And plus we're also drinking uh, Wisconsin Blue. So, you know. We're having water. Days oh. blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get it kicked off. So uh, my name is Brent. I'm the owner of uh, uh, A3 Archery Custom Bowstrings. Uh, we have Skip Peterson. I'm Skip Peterson, owner of Archery, Greater Sack, Wisconsin. So, and uh, Jeff Jets, yeah, Jeff Fans. So, with uh, with this everything coming live here from uh, from a little small town here, Violet, uh, Wisconsin. Here, I guess my first question to you, then, Brent, is what brought what motivated you to move from Utah to here? Uh, actually, it was Washington. Uh, pardon me. Uh, so, honestly, I grew up in small town America. I grew up in Louisiana, uh, South Mississippi, and. You know, we wanted to raise our family in a kind of an atmosphere that uh, that I was brought up in, my wife was brought up in. So uh, we started looking at properties, looking at, at, at housing, and uh, Wisconsin just turned out to be the state where everything fits. So here we are. Perfect. That makes sense to come here because we are literally in the whitetail capital of the world when it comes down to technology and archery and stuff like that. So we got yourself here, Skip. We have Matthews. We have HG. Uh, we're literally in the mecca when it comes down to whitetail hunting. This is pretty quite the, the privilege to be every to be in the same room with everybody here. So, what do you guys want to talk about? Huh? Let's uh, let's. I, I think let's let's get the cat out of the bag and let's see these new bows. What? Yeah, yeah let's see these new bows. I'm I'm here to support Bloodlines, so I think we should probably maybe have. Oh a- yeah, for Mark as well. Sorry, yes. Mark. Come on, Skip. Yeah, let's see if this audio works. Getting uh, pretty good feedback. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. We need to. Uh, I don't know if we... All right, we're getting some Mark's getting some feedback on his end. Um, tell you what, uh, I don't speak on there as we put him on hey, mute. Mark, how's that? Right. How about now, Mark? Yeah, so I can't, I can't, I can't hear you now. Yeah, I can't get through for Zoom for some odd reason. 
Okay. Uh, just stay tuned, Mark. Put your uh, speaker on mute, and uh, when we get some questions up for you, uh, we will uh, ask, and uh, hopefully we can get by the feedback. Hey, sounds good, man. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So, Skip. All right. You're up, mother. I'm not sure I'm ready to release, but I mean, I still got stuff I'm playing with. But for uh, for this year, I'll be coming out. It's a it's a 30 inch bow, but it's um we're gonna call it the P30. Uh, the unique thing about this, it's got a it's got a bearing system here. So when your limbs flex, this rotates with it. And I have a a prototype that's been a not a bow mold here to kind of show you a little bit more. So basically, it's got your limb pocket here. And where the camera is, it basically rotates. So you got some bearings on the side here. So as again, as your limbs flex, typically they're they're flexing over a static point, but this literally takes all this off the limbs. Uh, smoothed out the draw cycle, picked up a little bit of speed, hand shot got better. Um, it just, you know, it just became a really nice shootable bow. And it's just, you know, we it's been a couple of years since we brought something out. So this is this is one step of, uh, of what we're doing. We changed a little bit of the geometry of the of the riser, but for the most part, that's that's kind of it. You know, um, really simple design, but it really improved the boat tremendously. So that's kind of what's coming here for 2023. And it's early. So now, was this just feedback from all your pro staff, or is this something that you would have been working on for the last couple of years? Um, I've been. It's actually been probably a couple of years, but um, you know, a lot of times when you're you're working on bows and stuff, and you're getting them back, and you're you're checking them out, and you see you know bows that get a lot of shot, you can kind of see that there is some limb wear going on and things like yeah. that. So, um, I just thought if I we put something in there that would help when it would when the limb would bend, it would actually rotate with it. And then because of our riser structure, you know, this bow is right or left-handed. So, you know, basically the two plates are exactly the same. It allowed us to, um, to put the bearings in the side and actually just, you know, make a real, you know, movable, um, you know, limb, limb support. So that's kind of the, and again, we'll probably move this into like the, the 20 inch, the 24, we're, we're known for our smaller bows that kind of go along with like tree saddles and ground blinds and just anything, yeah. you know, maneuverable. Um, and then we also, you know, make the target bows in the 36 inch too. So I'll probably go across the complete line, but this year we're, we're just bringing it out in a 30 inch. 30. There you yeah. go. Makes sense. So what was the, the transition for you to bring gearhead archery to life? Um, we started gearhead in 2008. Um, we were in Buffalo, Wyoming. Um, working with a partner at the time, Paul Trapalski, who now lives in Hawaii. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, you know, hear a lot of people talk about, you know, coming up with ideas and that this, the gearhead literally started um, on a napkin at a barbecue joint. You know, I, okay. I, I developed a, a thing for the turkey hunting industry where it was, uh, you clipped on your turkey to the turkey fan, it gave hands-free photography. You could use it for taxidermy and stuff like that. And, okay. and Paul saw it and he goes, Skip, you did it. You and, you invented something, you got a patent for it, it's packaged, it's ready for the store shelf. So we were just eating ribs and, and he's like, you know, let's let, let's build a bow. So we just kind of, you know, it, we didn't want crossover cables. We didn't want a lot of different things. And and um, it kind of morphed to what didn't you see today. You know, we, we, we've started selling bows to the um, to pro shops in the general um, consumer market in 2015. So we're in year eight right now. In mm -hmm. the first bows we came out, they were draw length specific, draw weight specific, no adjustability. You know, you had to use a, a certain release. And, and we, again, you just listen to the customers and you try to give them what they want. And today we got 
so much adjustability. We got a you know, rotational mod and you can use a string stop, a limb stop. We have a pick a grip system so you can actually move your grip left to right, forward and back. And it's just okay. a, a real modular system for creating a bow. So that's a way to, it's really actually a very way to continue making that more personable to the, right. to the shooter. Yeah. Like I know uh, when I shot one next to Seth all season long, he was shooting the uh, the B30, yes. the B32. And he was, he, and he was uh, loving it. And it's yeah. like setting that shooting next to him is very accurate. And the only downside he uses is black knocks. So it's like where you uh. <laughs> can't see where he's going. And so yeah. it, listening to, watching him just everything and making sure how, how he's able to finesse everything so well. And those who know Seth, he's just an absolute tinker. He just loves sure. doing it. And then in the gearheads, you know, they're basically, instead of you conforming to the bow, you can make the bow conform. So you, you can literally tweak just about everything. And again, it's right or left-handed. In, in 15 minutes, I can make it a right-handed bow or a left-handed bow. So, and then I know there's some bows out this year where they're kind of saying that, but I mean, we've been eight years, we've had right-handed or left-handed bows, the same bow. Which makes things easier because especially I have a friend of mine down in Iowa. He's been on the podcast and he actually is an amateur shooter himself. He shoots mm -hmm. left and right. So he has a left hand setup because he won up managed he managed to win a Hoyt. And then but he had only in the left hand. So it's like perfect. So he he self-taught himself naturally down it with the right side, but he taught himself to shoot left. And so it's like it's just remarkable. Like I think this would be a bow right up his alley, because then if he gets bored, it's like, I'm gonna switch to the other side. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're, we're excited for 2023 and, you know, it's just, I mean, you're always thinking of what you can do better. And, and I, I'm one where I really don't want to bring something out unless it really changes the game a little bit. You know, I don't, okay. I don't like following other people's leads and we just really want to, you know, think outside the box on our own. And, and, and unless you got something that's relatively new and makes your product better, I mean, there's really no sense of bringing something out. So, I mean, we, we really, it's been a couple of years, but we're, we're ready now. Definitely. That's exciting to hear that. So, right. For, for everybody that doesn't know, uh, I personally shoot a gearhead. Uh, I shoot the P34. It's sitting right here. Uh, phenomenal bow. Um, I am that, you know, 28 and 7 8 inch shooter, and I was able to get my exact draw length with the grip, uh, like Skip was talking about. So, um, phenomenal bows, great shooting bows. If anybody doesn't have a gearhead looking for a new bow, uh, Skip, what's the lead time on a new bow now? Well, it was one or two days, but now I'm up to like three days, you know, three, four days. There's nobody in the industry that can tell you they can get you a bow, a brand new bow in three days. So, so that's pretty remarkable then. Cause you do everything in-house, correct? Um, most of the stuff. Um so we share machines with um a robotics company, but lately we've been also they're very busy. So I've been outsourcing to some other machine shops in the local area too. So I mean everything's everything's definitely made in the United States. I get emails and phone calls of like hey, offshore we can do your stuff i'm like no uh, you don't understand we're made in america and that's and that's how we live and breathe and that's the way it is and, and that means something yeah and it should be mean, mean something i mean if you want your country back you need to buy american so yeah exactly that's what uh well essentially if i have my banner here every company that that i represent is all made in america yeah from from the expedition bill that's sitting in my uh box to link or to uh lake with products I just really kind of focus everything except for my board that's made overseas but that's, just, that's in europe like, they make a pretty good product yeah so some things you just can't get around right? yeah. yeah exactly especially when, you, when, you, when you're doing the fine tune with an audio it can really escalate rather rapidly because this right here this boat this board is only a couple hundred bucks but then you, you can go up to 700 to a thousand dollars it's like that is ridiculous but most of all it's most of all the products is all made overseas anyhow so there's not really a way around especially when majority of a 
semiconductors and chipsets are made in the Pacific Rim. Right. I did get a Facebook notification just before we went on. It was like one minute old that uh, Brady Connor here in Wisconsin, he's a field field staff shooter for us. He's shooting a new P30 yeah. and he got the first uh, the first kill with the P30 this year. So. Okay, so, so we got some feedback. Uh, uh, one three outdoors, gearhead archery. Um, let's see, we got a, a, a struble disc. Uh, do you carry a bow with a 32-inch draw match? I can get you to a 32. I would put a number six cam on a on a 24. That I can get a 24-inch out to a 32 um, with my number six cam. It's it's kind of like a custom a custom built for you. That would that would take you sending me an email and then we would go back and forth and then I, I would get it built. So, I mean, you could reach out at skip at gearheadarchery.com and, um, and we could make that happen for you. Excellent. Yeah. Then we got Andrew Kruger on YouTube is it gearhead. Let's go. Amazing bows. He's local here in Wisconsin as well. So yeah. I've never met him, but I know he's here. You, you start working with uh, Jason Brennick and uh, things, the things change for their own per. And, it, and Andrew's really, uh, he's in with the tethered side of things. So he's really tree, okay. tree saddle type stuff. And that, that he, makes sense. yeah, he, he actually works for tethered. So, oh, oh yep. nice. And yep. that's really cool. Then. Again, thanks to everybody. Uh, Dirk, uh, I smile on you too. Uh, thank you, though. Um, so, um, I guess, you know, right now, let's open it up to the floor. Let's get some questions rolling. Um, I know a lot of you guys have messaged me uh, asking, questions, you know, string questions, string related questions. Uh, build process questions. We've got Mark uh, Peterson with Bloodline Fiber. Um, he's here to answer anything that I can't, uh, maybe get into the technical side of things. So uh, let's open it up to the floor and see what, see what kind of questions you get. Uh, I see Seth uh, posted Team Gearhead. Yeah. I know he's a big shooter for Gearhead. So yeah, thank you, Seth. Another thing while we're waiting for questions to come in, we're, we're um, reconstructing our our website and with with Brent and that we're actually going to have drop downs where when you order a bow you can get the the bow it comes in it will be a three if you want that choice um you're not going to get a whole lot of choice of colors at that point because I'm just going to stock uh what was it like a green yep was it green black or something like that yep I think we're going to stock uh pine green and, and brown okay. sugar served uh, that'll be factory on the gearhead bows because that there's nothing more irritating than in hearing people where they just get a new bow and it's like so what what's the spring step the string specs i want to put a, a custom string on well if, if we can offer it you know from the factory that way it, it will reduce the cost of when you buy the premium string so it, it just it just made sense that way but there'll there'll be two two drop downs one was you're building your bow you can you can choose a3 and then for um for strings replacement strings you'll have that for a choice as well. It looks like uh, one three outdoors and it mentioned uh, are you going to Brent are you going to be attending the uh, Hunt Expo here in Wisconsin? Uh, we Skip and I were just talking about that uh, earlier and I think we are going to team up and do some stuff this uh, this year. So yeah, the, quite, the answer to that question is yes. Yeah, last year I was at uh, I was there Saturday Friday and Saturday take interviews and stuff like that and, and collecting business cards and like whole entire summer would just jam packed with interviews and such that really really uh elevated the content uh one three outdoors also uh can we match the chameleon paint on your disruptor so if you go to our facebook or instagram pages we do have a uh a chameleon 36 uh that skip uh uh give to us to take the ATA. We put a really cool color combination on that kind of match the chameleon. So take a look at that. Uh, and I think it's with it. It's got our, our viper fiber, which is our proprietary color. So yeah, take a look at that. Um, Dirk, 
Uh, what's the pre uh, recycle stuff all about? So we get questions on that all the time. Uh, what is pre-cycle? So uh, everybody knows what uh, a pre-stretched bowstring is. Um, we took pre-stretching bowstrings, which is basically statically stretching, and we we turned it up a few a few knobs. Uh, we actually dynamically stretched that bowstring uh, over uh, a series of of different tensions over time. So uh, we're actually able to work the fiber instead of just statically stretching or statically stretching uh, and releasing. Uh, so we're able to do a little bit better job than statically uh, stretching, um, and it doesn't take us as long to do it. So at the end result, you get a better bowstring uh, that doesn't move. Uh, we've got uh, tons of people out here that can uh, that can attest to that. So and Seth asked a really good question too about what makes bloodline materials different. So I'll answer a piece of that, and we can turn Mark on. Um, so bloodline material is waxless, guys. It is uh, the fiber doesn't have wax. It's got a proprietary coating that 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 Mark developed, um, makes it abrasion resistant, water repellent, uh, dust doesn't stick to it, so you, you don't have to worry about uh, internal and external uh, abrasion uh, with dust and dirt and stuff like that. Uh, that's the number one benefit. Uh, secondly, you know, typically we see uh, about five to six feet per second quicker speeds. Some bows faster, some bows not. Again, we can't guarantee that, but that's typically on average what we see. It's great to hear. And then, uh, Mark, if you're there. Yeah, I think Brent did a great job of covering a lot of the benefits there. I'm still getting some feedback. Are you guys hearing any echo? No, we have no echo on this side. Uh, sound. Yeah, it sounds good on our side. But I guess, as you can tell, the, the uh, oh, he's hung up on me when I said. Now, I want to interject too. Like a lot of times, people send their bows back to Gearhead for for maintenance or have me just check things. And as a rule, a lot of people they don't wax their strings good enough. And I think using an A3 string that's a waxless string, it just it just is better for everybody at that point. It just it seems like that's the the point where you get some people. Oh, I, I need to wax this, and you get in and they're they're. Your strings are as dry as a buck fart, and it's just like you know, <laughs> come on, guys. But that that's another advantage to, you know, to ante up and go off the A three. So what I'm thinking, what I might do for Mark is when if um, if you're able to to answer my call, I'll just put you on mute. Yeah, I see that his, his microphone is mute on on his. So if we there. mute that. He'll that'll kill the, the feedback. Yeah. Lucky shot. So uh, we just had a, a guy drop in. Uh, he is from Chehalis, Washington, and he is the owner of Lucky Shot Archery. Um, so you want to come around maybe and introduce yourself? There you go. We can get you a chair. You want, you want this oh, one? I have a chair. <laughs> Justin, Justin Jackson, uh, love my A3 gear hit combo. It's deadly. Uh, yeah, I saw you doubled down the other day, man. Good, uh, good shooting. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Michael uh, Kalini. Uh, hey, guys, I have a backup bow, an older bear assault. I shoot uh, a few times a year, keep it around just, just in case something happens. Uh, we'll be a good stick. You know, uh, Michael, any, any string that we sell is a great string. Um, honestly, you know, Bloodline is a great fiber. Uh, it's something that if you only shoot it a few years, you know, a few times a year, 
that's a bow string that's probably going to last you 10 years, uh, probably longer than the bow is going to be around. So, um, yeah, just, you know, anything we sell is good, um, but Bloodline uh, by far is the premier string. And then Seth made a comment there about how it, the Bloodline strings actually made a night and day difference with his uh, with his draw cycle. So, Seth, uh, I guess I might ask you a question. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, you know, text it, but tell us a little bit what's your draw cycle feel like nowadays. Uh, so, you want to yourself? Sure. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Cody Watts. I own hey, a... Uh, Cody. Thanks. Hey, everyone. For those who couldn't hear me, my name's uh, Cody Watts. I own a pro shop in Chehalis, Washington. It's a full service shop just uh, between Portland and Seattle along I-5 in rural Lewis County. Um, I've been there for just about two years now. Uh, prior to that, I was actually in law enforcement and uh, decided to change my career up and uh, came out <clears throat> to the Midwest to hunt whitetails and got a hold of Brent, wanted to stop by, say hi, see the shend, uh, see how everyone's doing. Well, we're glad to have you, man. How's the hunting? You've been hunting? Uh, it's been pretty slow. Yeah. Yeah. So I timed it right with the warm front. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I was supposed to actually have three other guys with me, but about yeah. five minutes before shooting light, um, uh, the guy next to me stuck one, so they're out ah. looking for it right now. Oh, good deal. Well, the rut's definitely heating up. Yeah, my, yeah we grunted that one yeah. in. My neck was swelling just driving here. We got any other questions out there? Nothing right now. I'm on YouTube. All right, guys, get those questions in. We're uh, we're, we're open to just about anything uh, archery um, or tuning related. Um, we got Skip here, so if anyone wants to ask questions on gearhead bows, uh, feel free. <laughs> yeah, so Dirk, Dirk said your neck's always swollen, Skip. Oh. <laughs> um, and, uh, Dirk just took a few guys out there with um, Ben from uh, Sodak Marines for a couple of veteran shoots. Uh, for was it for Speedgo early yeah. early last earlier this year something like that they were they weren't able to connect but they had all, they, all of them get provided really good feedback and a couple of them are actually here from Wisconsin yeah I think I think that was Hell's Canyon wasn't yeah, it Hell's Canyon yeah. yes yeah uh, so Seth uh, seemed to smooth it out uh, and really helped make a uh, already solid back wall better um, so you know. Bowstring fiber that what we build with is uh, is the Bloodline B99. Um, we played with the VEC 99 stuff. It seemed like it was really, really harsh uh, on the shot. Um, so we we swapped to B99, and, you know, the feedback that we've got has been just uh, just great. Um, and I think the smoothness uh, probably is it, it's attributed to the strand count that we can get. Um, you know, VEC 99 is very similar to what people are used to in 452X. We can get 22, 24 strands in. Uh, with the B99, we can always get a solid 32 in, and that just makes for a rounder uh, profile string. It makes for a smoother transaction as, as the cam rolls over. So um, that, I think that's what attributes that smoothness. Uh, so. So, so how's business going in, in Washington? Business is going well. Um, this year has been down a little bit across the board. I think the entire 
uh, archery industry has, but it's been going very well for us since we took over. Um, we've expanded uh, both inventory and uh, created an online website. The store I purchased was a pre-existing shop. It had been there for just about 14 years. So we're going on year 16 now. And my wife and I run it together and bless her heart. She's back home running the shop by herself while I'm running across the U.S. hunting every state I can. Yeah. And she's holding up okay? Yeah, she's doing well, doing well. So okay. right now is a slow time for us. It's right in between our early bow season and our late bow season. So most guys are all set up for the year and it's just minor tweaks with some tuning and timing, um, making sure uh, everything's operational and the uh, ever so common my peeps twisted i can't see out of it can you fix it so it's been good yeah so um one three outdoors uh to anyone on the fence t24 shorter at bows are night and day difference for swinging around the tree to get shots also a nice setup for blind hunting and tight quarters absolutely um i have typically always been an out west hunter uh in my you know older adult life uh, so I went with a 34. Uh, now that I'm in Wisconsin, I wish I had a 24. So, um, you know, ground blind hunting, tree stand hunting. Um, I think we know a guy. So. We can we can set you up. <laughs> I see I see Justin Jackson was asking if you could make strings for the X16, and I I know you can because it's basically it's the same string as a T18. It just doesn't have the the dead stop um, um, serving on it. It's just that the, all the sizes are the same. So. so uh, Currently, are you you're currently building those strings with like 452? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we can build we can build any uh, any crossbow that Skip makes. That's nice. And then Andrew, uh, I asked Andrew a question, and he shoots the X16 uh, Garrett crossbow carbon T20. And uh, I don't know if he's asking me, but uh, my my uh, shop does not carry gearhead. Lacrosse archery does not. They only stick stick with the big three: Hoyt, Matthews, and. Uh, Anthony, come to me, buddy. Anthony, give me a call. <laughs> I'll take care of you, Anthony. Um, you know, in, in future, you know, or early next year, uh, you know, maybe in the first quarter, first or second quarter, uh, we all are talking about having a retail facility here. Um, so uh, that may be in the works. And of course, we'll be carrying the gear ahead. So, uh, so that's another option for you. Well, that'd be fantastic. The uh, there was an old call center in, in West Salem that just went out of the, the, they've now closed down their shop, but they've only that's it's for sale. So too bad it didn't have like a higher arc, but it's like it's right there off of exit twelve off of I ninety. It's like mm -hmm. great location, just just massive office space. Right. Tear down those walls. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> divide them all up. It's like the nice thing is you'd be able to get your hundred yard range on it. Yeah. I don't know how about how the, the aero park would go. Yeah. It would make it work. Um, all right, so uh, Dirk's asking, can we uh, can we talk about the various fibers and why some folks may look at different fibers from A3? Um, so, guys, that's a pretty easy question. Uh, we carry three different fibers, or actually four different fibers, soon to be five. Um, most of your builders out there that build for a compound bow, they carry one fiber. That's what they're comfortable with. That's the inventory level they want to carry. Um, we actually carry Bloodline Fiber, which is our Platinum Series. And we carry 452X for those guys that, that still want to stick to what they know. Um, but for crossbows, we carry on a flight 911 for some of your, um, you know, your, your recurve shooters. That's a, that's a, a real popular uh, fiber type. Uh, but we also uh, have an order in uh, for HT99, 
which is crossbow material from Bloodline. So we're, we'll soon be offering crossbow strings that are waxless, just like your pound strings. So that's coming. Uh, and also, we'll also uh, be carrying a new material that's coming out, Mark. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that, um, but we'll, we'll be getting that as soon as it's, as soon as it's available. Nice things with this being recorded, Mark. I will be rebroadcasting re this uh, later on tonight. So this will also be in a audio format as well. So granted, Mark, we may not hear you over our phones. Doesn't mean you're not being recorded. But I can always call you again. I can just put my phone on mute. So this way that there's no reverberation for you. So would you like? So let me call you again, Mark. And then I'll just put my phone on mute. And then you won't have the reverb. All right, um, let's see, Michael. Yep, absolutely. There you go, Mark. All right, guys. Uh, so Blade Rain TV. Uh, so Blade Rain TV is, uh, they've just chosen A3 to be their string of choice. Uh, we're gearing up, we should be shipping here in the next couple of days, a whole bunch of those strings to those guys. So thank you. Um, difference in fibers. Uh, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, Bloodline fiber is that waxless fiber. Um, cycling method and um, some of the benefits that it provides to the finished product on the string when it arrives um, to the end user. Um, one of those great benefits that is that the fibers are able to compact um, tighter together and fill in voids, even micro voids. So if you think of all those fibers are able to pack together as tight as they possibly can and uh, also basically completely balance out. Um, so right away when you when you receive your bowstring, you're able to um, there isn't a, a break in period that um, has already been done for you at A3. So that's one of the great technologies that uh, Brent covered. And then uh, moving on to the the fiber side and so smart can I separate bloodline from um, some of the other techniques out there is as, as Brent mentioned. Uh, but even before coating, there are some things in the process that we do that helps protect the fiber from being broken down. Uh, and that comes from some of the machines that we use and uh, the services that the fibers are run over. And then also the twist that uh, the twist ratios that we're putting into the fiber uh, set this apart as well. So it, it twist, twist ratios can also impact the, the, the feel of the shot. Uh, kind of how the fire fiber behaves. It also helps uh, impact abrasion as well. And then uh, even some of those things that uh, Brent had mentioned as far as uh, the setting period and um, some, some of the movement early on. So even before coating, uh, we have uh, some things that we're doing in the fiber itself. But then talking about the coating, uh, it, it really does quite a bit for uh, the string itself and the string performance. So one, one great benefit is uh, the ability for it to repel water to hydrophobic uh, properties of, of that finished poster. You don't want it to change its weight over time. So if it's picking up a lot of weight from the water uh, in the environment, um, that can change your shot a little bit just based on the, the, the change in weight of the string itself. So that's a great benefit uh, trying to keep that strength from keeping water uh, 
to, to enter it and be absorbed inside of it. Just keep it out of it. Another great benefit that uh, I don't think it's talked about a lot is uh, UV resistance. So just a bare fiber, uh, Dyneema, any HMPE fiber is going to have quite a bit of uh, damage from the UV. So, and there are uh, certain colors that protect fiber even more than others. Um, but in general, the coating and, and some of the work that we've done does do a great job at uh, UV protection. So um, uh, just a bare fiber can lose up to 60% of its strength if, if it's out in the sun for a, not a super long period of time. So that, that's another uh, thing to note about um, coating and uh, some of the technologies that are provided to the fiber. Um, Brent touched on uh, some other great ones, internal and external abrasion. You can get quite a few more shots out of this uh, technology. And uh, yeah, besides that, uh, in comparison to the different fibers that are out there right now, uh, to actually answer that the last question there from Dirk, uh, uh, in comparison to the other fibers that are out there, we're trying to use the, the highest grade materials uh, out of the gate. So we're using Dyneema, it's made in Netherlands. Uh, the grade that we use is SK99 and we have basically a, a few different products that use that SK99, uh, depending if it's found or crossbow, and, and then our blended material that we blend with the Vectran that's, you know, been, the blended uh, Vectran and Dyneema products are kind of been proven out there and uh, is, is what people have been used to in the last uh, 10 years. But uh, the grade that we have for SK99 really uh, provides a solution to that. And, and that material has, has really advanced so much that the blended materials are not needed as much in terms of uh, reducing creep or movement over time. It's just such a great material that, uh, that we're able to use from Dyneema. All right, guys, I don't know if, if, if I'm talking too much or what, but let's turn it over back over to the guys at A3. All right. Uh, so just kind of scrolling through. So Jeff Wynn, uh, I believe this is going to be for you, Skip. Uh, will you be at, at the ASA tournaments? You should be at the ASA tournaments. I, I should be. It's all about time. <laughs> Jeff, you want to work the booth? We could maybe hire you, Jeff. You could go out there and... Oh, I, I'm all for it. I, I, it's like I have to give to Gab. I will gladly talk to anybody's ear. It's like I will gladly brag up because like I'm looking at all week long, like on your screen creator. Like since once you see my bow, it's like it's green and black. I thought at least my mind's more like I should do a throw the whole like, like the 1980s hole because I think this would just be what would, would pop because I'm always going to all the shoots because I'm going already. Well, Sodak Horizon there. It's like he's coming back out this year for great shoot USA. So I'm probably going to hit all those. Got the R100 in Sparta and hopefully in Iowa. And we got the, the Beast Mode Archery Games. It's coming up in July. And then uh, what else we got going on? We have, there's, like, I plan on doing a lot more hitting. Just all depends is like making sure that we're able to uh, gain act. But one of the gas prices are not too expensive to go out and hang out with some friends. But uh, Hippie Huntress, it's like, oh, it's it skips. I've got two other. Oh, so it's the 224. Hands down, my favorite. I'm going to be needing new string suits. So there you go. There's uh, no, no set of strings sold to the Hippie Huntress. I, I, I know a guy. <laughs> uh, so Dirk says, uh, how about speed knocks? How are they different? So bows today are, uh, are they're engineered with, you know, speed knocks in places uh, with certain weights. 
uh, basically to assist the cam in rolling over quicker, uh, giving you faster speeds. Uh, so, you know, there that's, it's engineered in. We get a lot of questions a lot of times where people are like, can you put speed knocks on my strings? And I'm like, well, they didn't come with it. So I would be guessing, you know, it, it could hurt your, uh, hurt your performance if we just put them on there for looks. So is that a attach? Is that an actual knock that goes to the arrow, or is that something that's special with string? No, they're on the string. So uh, they're brass knock sets, basically, that go on the string, and we put a pretty little on top of it with our logo. So as much as we like to brand our strings, uh, some bows just don't have speed knocks, so so we can't do that. We don't know where they go. That makes sense. Um, I've I've tested speed knocks on the gearheads. I really didn't see much of a <laughs> Ben figured out. I mean, I didn't see that next step for the, the increase yeah we we, we were uh you know skip let us play with the the prototype uh with the p-series and, and man i put speed knocks all over that thing and, and just really you know skip's got that bow engineered to maximum so it doesn't need speed knocks so um so thank you know, hats off to skip for, for doing that <laughs> um Tanner Summers, uh, thanks for all your help uh need the new bowstring answering all my questions about it absolutely brother i saw you order uh, uh, go through, yeah, man, we're uh, about two and a half weeks out. Uh, Dirk, why are the risers on Gearhead both so funky? Why are they web like that? Oh, uh, Dirk. Um, so basically, our patent is vertical side plates connect with horizontal members to make it to riser design. So it sounds kind of fancy, but kind of how it started was I was doing all this work out and out west, and I had a manual mill. And I didn't have the capabilities to make these fancy type risers, but I could take side plates and put positions in them to put the horizontal members where I could put a limb attachment and a, a limb support and grips and stuff like that. And it just allowed us to, um, to go in that direction. And then when you just keep working on the riser to just basically remove the material you don't need and keep the material you do need for the strength. And that's kind of how it, it got the look that it does. And then we just kind of, kept designing other features into it with um, stabilizer placement. I think there's nine places on the bows where you can put stabilizers so you can put the weight where you want. And again, we talked about left, right uh, situations. And um, I actually put my GoPro right between the risers and, and that wasn't a, a forethought. That was an accident where once I, we had it made and okay, I can put my GoPro in there and I kind of sandwich it and I can turn it on with my index finger and then my, my hand's still on the grip. So it just, just a lot of features that that's kind of worked into that um, that platform, and um, I would get a lot of people say, you know, they would like to see us look more like a, a traditional bow, but it's the way that we look and the way that the bow shoots and performs that kind of has made us who we are. So I, I really don't see getting away from that identity and actually expanding upon it. So good question, Dirk. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Skip and I actually were talking earlier, you know, a lot of folks don't think uh, or don't know about what is orbital deflection, uh, and that's deflection in the riser. So when you have a, a traditional bow, um, that riser can orbitally deflect as you draw it back and, and load the bow. So uh, with the design that Skip has with the, the side plates and the, and the cross members, um, you don't see the orbital deflection you do in a normal bow. So if you think about target bows that have um, you know, shoot through riser, they put that there for a reason for rigidity. So you don't have orbital deflection. So, uh, so keep that in mind too. So, uh, very, very good engineer, uh, work of art there. So orbital deflection, that is a new term for me. So can, what is the definition behind that? So basically this is your riser twisting. Okay. So when it's loaded, you know, your riser is one piece of, of aluminum okay. and, it, and it can twist and it typically twists right at the burger hole. 
No kidding. And, and it's, it's very minimal, right? But millimeters here mean inches there. So, Valid. so. Um, Jed guessing, how long would you predict bloodline fiber strings to last shot wise? Uh, Jed, I can tell you, we've got some professional shooters that shoot our bow strings. These guys put 150 shafts through a bow day in and day out. Um, the latest shot count that I heard was something like 60,000 shots and they're still shooting them. So uh, as long as you take care of them, they'll take care of you. That's a very good question. Then Seth reached out and mentioned, uh, what are the limb finishes with? Or limbs finished with? On, on the gearhead? Yes. So currently we have a thing called limb shield. So our, our limbs, are, well, it's a, it's a Gordon composite and uh, let's see, I'm gonna grab one right here. This is, this is Brent's personal bow here. We'll bring it around so you can kind of see, but you know, it's, it's, it's a rubberized coating. Um, that's been done and it's been around before, but so the limbs have quite the process. I mean, uh, Gordon composite changed its name. I think it's Aviant now. They've they kind of been bought a couple of different times. So that's kind of the, the base material. And then it gets uh, ground to the different limb deflections. And then it comes in and we, we coat them at that point. And then the limb shield goes on after that. And then they get processed again. So, I mean, there's a little bit of work involved with that. Uh, going forward on the, the newer bow, that's going to, that's probably have the limb shield. Um, it's going to be just a regular uh, powder coat style limb with some graphics and stuff on it. I think that has, it, I, I, I like the look of it. So I'm, I'm going to probably go in that direction. Uh, the limb shield is just, there's so much work involved with it with the, the powder coat. It's a little bit easier to, to take care and, and get done. But um, also, the, but the, the limb, in saying that, the limb shield does protect the limbs pretty nice. We we do a lot of our testing in Hawaii and they have the lava rocks and you're crawling around trying to get a access deer and stuff like that. And the lava rocks are kind of hard on your limbs and that where that kind of gives another layer of protection. So that was kind of the thought behind it. Right. Uh, so Marcellus Jetter, hey, uh, thanks. Thanks, Mar Marcellus. Um, we, we love doing business with you guys. Uh, thanks for all the, all the work. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot for a few. Um, so you've installed several sets of A3 custom bowstrings uh, at your shop. Um, why don't you, you know, tell the folks your experience and, you know, bloodline fiber and, and all that stuff. So I think I met you with ATA last year and uh, brought you on and slowly introduced several um, people to the A3 uh, bloodline fiber strings. And what I've found so far um, is they're built to fit. They come in at the correct length and there's no real adjustments I need to make to get the proper ATA and uh, brace height. <clears throat> they shoot well and there's a very minimal if any uh, work that I need to do with it. They look fantastic. And then um, one of the biggest issues I have when folks come in um, for new strings and cables are their, uh, their strings and cables that aren't A3 typically. They, like, I don't know how much to wax it and there's wax dripping off of it like a <laughs> beehive. It just looks like honey. I'm like, oh man, it'd be better off to not wax your strings at all. So having a wax list people hey just shoot them take care of them clean them and probably the biggest factors i look at are you know how wet dry dusty dirty uv light don't leave them in your case to bake in your car while you're at work um that's typically my my line um what i was going to ask you is what are your general care that i can turn towards my customers about a3 
bloodline fiber strains. All we say, you know, is if, if you are uh, hunting in dusty conditions, you know, just take a damp cloth, wipe them off, don't let that dust sit on them. You know, we, um, some of our out west hunters, you know, they, they rake their gloves on, gloves have dust on them. They're carrying the bow by string. Don't do that. That bow's got a handle for a reason. Uh, use the handle. Um, so, uh, how about the uh, the Congo rainforest that I live in that is Western Washington? <laughs> we got ferns, we've got pine trees, dug fir. Uh, I mean, I'm going through blackberry bushes, all sorts of stuff. Um, cause for concern with my customers probably being like how wet is too wet. And I think you guys were touching on this a little bit when we were on the phone with uh, Mark. Was that yep. He was talking yep. about water. So is there any special care with those? No, what you'll typically see because of the, the uh, hydrophobic uh, you know, property of the coating, it's going to shed water. It's not going to soak water. So, you know, if you're in a torrential downpour, yeah, you want to cover your strings mm -hmm. up. Uh, but as long as it's just damp, I mean, I lived in Washington. I know what you're going through. Um, they'll, they'll be just fine. Okay. Absolutely just fine. Um, so, you know, we just mentioned tons of wax and wax on a bowstring. And we still sell wax bowstrings. I mean, that's, that's part of our lineup, my fiber. Um, one thing a lot of people don't know is waxed gives you um, in different temperatures, different climates, you know, your bow and it's 70 degrees outside. Um, and then you go out, you know, go out west hunting or go to New Mexico, somewhere where it's hot. Um, what you're going to find, guys, is that wax is going to thin out and your tune is going to change. Okay. Uh, the opposite goes as if it gets cold. Uh, if you go to Colorado and it's, you know, 20 degrees, the wax is going to harden and your tune is going to change. Uh, so when we talk about bloodline fiber, it's the only temperature stable fiber on the market because it doesn't have wax. So just keep that, keep that in your head, guys. There's a reason that uh, we sell more bloodline fiber in this shop than any other fiber. All right, Dirk, uh, tip about tying in peep solid before testing because string is slippery. Yeah, so we've, you know, we tell our shops, our, our pro shops, a lot of a lot of more used to throwing that peep sight in, uh, not tying it, uh, you know, going out with the customer, tuning that bow, shooting that bow, and that peep doesn't go anywhere on a wax bowstring. Uh, when you got bloodline fiber, tie that peep in. Uh, even if it's just around the outer perimeter, tie the peep in while you're making adjustments and, and figuring out where they where you want to cinch it in at, because it will leave the string. Uh, on that note with bloodline fiber, what about um, some of these other peeps that are a lot thicker, like the uh, specialty archery clarifying peeps? Is there anything special with those or um, the way uh, that you maybe tie it in, like the Hamsky style tie-in? Yeah, anything, the, uh, you know, podiums, the raptors, the, the, the larger uh, specialty peeps with the, with the, like you said, the apertures in them, um, you know, either the barrel, big, you know, barrel style, style peeps, uh, don't tie them in so tight. Um, give them some room and then tie the outer perimeter. And, you know, I've tied probably a thousand of them in and we haven't had any issues. Um, what we, when we do see a customer with an issue, it's because he cinched it down too tight and it's actually, he's actually cut the fibers with the serving. So. And I don't know if I missed this, is particular serving that you would prefer peeps to be tied in with over another size style brand? Yep. So uh, here, in, in, when we had our shop in Washington and, and all, all my personal bows, we tie everything in with 3D material, which is a PCY. It's a twisted soft material. Uh, so you don't have to worry about it cutting uh, a braided material like a halo or a boa or boa ice. Um, it, has, it does have a uh, braided texture, uh, more of an abrasive texture. So you do you can risk the, the possibility of cutting. 
so yeah, BCY3D is what we use. Anything else? No. Good? No, I'm good. All right, so what else we got here? Uh, that was a good question, Dirk, thank you. Uh, Jeremy Balderrama, uh, I've typically seen an increase in feet per second. My target bow shoots with bloodline fibers. Why is that? Uh, simple answer to that, Jeremy. Uh, wax is heavy, uh, and heavy means slow. So when you get rid of the wax property, uh, naturally you're going to speed up. Uh, next question, Dirk, uh, does Skip shoot a stabilizer with his bow? Dirk, I don't shoot a stabilizer. I'm a stable guy. I don't need a stabilizer. I um, No, I, I keep my bow pretty simple. I basically just have a, you know, one pin, one pin sight. And then uh, I picked up this sight from Buck Rub Gear. It's, it's carbon fiber. Um, last year I shoot in an HHA. This year I moved up to that where it, it has um, my one pin. I shoot out to 30 and then it's got a slider that I have. Um, where I go out to like 50 or 60 with it, but it's just basically just a sight and a, and a rest. I don't really have much on my bow. I, my, I have a carbon bow. I have a carbon 24 and my whole setup weighs 3.6 pounds. So, I mean, for out West, it's just super light. And then I don't run a quiver on it. I, I run a, a cat quiver on my back and I just keep my bow just really simple. And that's how I've always had it. So it sounds old school. Yeah. Sounds like how we used to hunt the nineties. I'm an old man. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, guys, well, come on, get those questions in. We got a little bit longer to go. Um, we started a little late, so we'll, we're in a little late. Hey, Randy Duran, I see you here. Who else we got? Uh, Cotton Tigger. Um, Randy says, I can tell you the bloodline material is plenty durable without waxing. They're amazing. Randy, you were one of the guys that I was talking about earlier. Um, you literally are you're going on the third season with the same set of bowstrings and that is just unheard of. Um, you know, most people who have, would have changed bowstrings three or four times. Um, so yeah. And Randy, uh, shooter of the year, uh, this year, ASA, congratulations. Um, uh, we, we, we love watching you all year long. Uh, Amos, I uh, can't wait for that new target bow as long as it gets out to my monkey arm draw length. Uh, Amos, what's your draw length? Skip, what's, yeah, the, what's the draw I length? Think, well, I think he's out. I think he's 30, 32. I, I think I'll have no problem going long. I mean, my challenge right now is getting it for the shorter, the shorter draw of people, you know, so I'm getting down to like the 27s, 26, 27s is more of the challenge than getting to the, the 32s. Yeah. So we got Nova Scotia PSC Archery. I know he's been shooting A3s for quite some time. So we, we appreciate that. Uh, uh, Seb Bowhunter, Bloodline and Viper Green, best strings I've ever owned. They just won't wear out. Well, I guess we're shooting ourselves in the foot there, huh, Seb? <laughs> uh, and that Viper, man, uh, we, we we knocked that one out of the park. Uh, Mark definitely, uh, definitely did good. I, <laughs> people ask me sometimes, where did Viper come from? You know, to be honest, guys, I put out on our page, um, what would somebody, what would people like to see in a color? And uh, and we would vote on it. And somebody took a picture of a car door in, a, in this color. Um, and I was like, man, wow, that's a really, really cool color. Uh, so we voted on it and uh, we, we came up with the, with the color. I shot it over to Mark and he just nailed it. So that is where Viper Green come from. And uh, the reason it's called Viper is that door was on a Dodge Viper SRT. <laughs> so, cool. 
Uh, Dirk says, uh, oh, Amos is a juvenile giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, how did Skip and Brent get together in the first place? Uh, love you, brothers. Uh, Dirk, you already know the answer to that question. Uh, I think you were the, uh, the one that introduced us. Of it too. I mean, we kind of followed each other on Facebook, you know, so I kind of learned a lot from you off of Facebook. And then Emma Warrington out of the UK, you know, he's a big fan of yours yeah. and stuff. And he was always in my ear and, and talking about your strings and that. And then we, we got a set and it's just like, you take them out of the package and you just feel the quality just from unwrapping them, you know, and it, it just, it just carries through to your product and it makes your product better. So it's like, why, why wouldn't you use that? Yeah. Thank you, Skip. Um, you know, we, we started A3 Archery because we wanted a no BS approach at, at bowstrings. Uh, I've shot competitively a lot of years and was getting bowstrings from people that touted itself to be the best. Um, and I always had an issue. Um, I built bowstrings back in my dad's shop um, and just said, you know what? I can build them better and started building them for myself and friends and buddies. And, and here we are today. Um, you know, so some of the technology, some of the techniques that we built here in this shop um, I will say that uh, they will they will tell just about any any string company out there. Um, when did you start making strings? Uh, we are just about to make two years old. Uh, oh wow! So as, you're as very a, as a company uh, very aggressive as a, as a string builder as an archer. Um, total time I've probably been building both strings for about 16 years. Um, I started as a kid in my dad's shop back when we used to build Dacron strings, and you know that was the best material you could find. So, um, long, long, long history of building bow strings. Uh, Blade Rain TV, need Viper Blue. Uh, Blade Rain, Andy, go check out the uh, Robin Egg Blue. Uh, that's about as close to Viper Blue as you're going to get. Um, Jeremy, that Viper with the electric blue serving was awesome. Yeah, um, somebody posted. Uh, uh, a comment to that picture that was uh, Zachary Vaught that was in the uh, Minot North Dakota at the Outfitters one of our pro shops uh, we did Viper with electric blue serving and it, and it turned the serving uh, they, they made a comment it looked like uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast game uh, <laughs> but you know after that comment was made you looked at the pictures like you didn't really see that because it just made the, the serving you know, look a different color then Andrew was mentioning that he doesn't shoot, he doesn't, with his bow, he doesn't use a stabilizer either. He just, just needs a, an A3 a bloodline a strings for his new bow, for his, maybe for his bow and for the crossbow. Yeah, you just need that A3 bloodline. That's it, Andrew. Uh, Amos says, hey, I'm legal and adult, but yeah, my boss said I gotta, I gotta shrink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, TJ, how did y'all get your start in the outdoor industry? Love shooting with Amos at the at, at, at uh, Hurricane. Um, TJ, I got my start in outdoors, uh, just like a lot of us. Um, my dad was an avid outdoorsman, um, taught me to hunt at the early age of about five years old. I think I took my first deer at six uh, with a 410 shotgun, a little single shot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I got my start. Did you know that here in Wisconsin, you can't use a, a well, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure because I've been looking for the re, the regulation, but I, from what I've re, what read is that uh, 410 is not a caliber that's accepted. Not 100% sure if it's true or not. I, it could be. I haven't read the uh, rule books into that. Uh, you know, I've, I've swapped over to bow only, so. Likewise. I know Iowa just per, uh, passed uh, 410 as well to be used. Uh, well, Justin, you got a looks like you got a long, a long shift at the, at the firehouse, buddy. Thirty-six hour shift. Um, yeah, buddy, you uh, 
You have a good one. She's gonna call me Friday morning, it looks yeah. like. Yep. Huh. Uh, Jed guessing what made Skip want to design the gear yet? So we touched on that a little bit earlier. Uh, Skip, you want to kind of briefly touch well, on that? Well, literally, I mean, we were into, you know, Paul Trapolsky, he was more of the designer. Um, you know, he's the engineer, I'm the machinist. So we work together really well. Um, he would take about 40 hours to design a bow and I'd take about 40 hours to machine the bow and we kind of work back and forth. And, um, you know, we were in Buffalo, Wyoming and we were going back in four or five miles and, you know, we just got tired of lugging these bigger, heavier bows. And, you know, we just wanted to be minimalistic and just go back and, you know, just have something small, lightweight, compact and maneuverable and just, you know, put it in your backpack and go. So that was, that was kind of the inspiration to do it. And it's kind of, you know, it keeps growing. Good. Uh, Dirk says, uh, what are, what are some of the techniques in string building that you use that you, you can talk about uh, that are different than others? Uh, Dirk, you know, in the string building industry, uh, we're pretty tight mouthed uh, about certain techniques. Uh, the only thing that, you know, I really can talk about is what I talked about already and that pre-cycle technology. Um, you know, getting them to pre-cycle, I, I, I kind of keep that hush-hush. Uh, TJ Fitzgerald, do your servers hold their color well? I've, I've known I've had a couple of string sets fade out super quick. Uh, TJ, so we swapped this year to, uh, to Bloodline Fiber. Uh, they started making uh, a BOA ice serving. Um, and with that, uh, you get the same pigment and the same uh, waxless coating, if you would, as the fiber. So um, they are UV protectant. Uh, they do hold their color and they don't fade out very well. So, so uh, you'll get a lot of good luck out of those. Uh, Mr. Shane Mowry, what boat are you building for so far? Uh, Shane, the only company that uh, we build OEM factory bow strings for is Gearhead, uh, and we'll probably keep it that way. Then Andrew commented, complimented the T20 for being very balanced. And that's yeah. why he decided not to put uh, stabilizers but, on that. But with that one guy saying that, I mean, you can basically build strings for any, any. We, we can, you know, we, we can build bow strings for, if you can put an arrow in it and shoot it, we can build a bow string for it. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got bow specs, you know, dating back into the eighties. So. Uh, there's not much we can't build for. Good, good it looks point. like somebody asked, uh, how can the <laughs> string change the natural rotation of an arrow? And I think he's talking about clocking, whether yep. it's going to clock left or right. Yep. So that's a much debated term, uh, clocking arrows, when you talk about a left-hand twist versus a right-hand twist. Um, I did a lot of testing of this years ago before it kind of came cool. Um, Every bow is a little different. Typically what you see is a right-handed bow is gonna clock them right um, if it's a right-handed twist bow string and, and just the opposite for a left hand. But we've had just the opposite uh, happen um, whether you take a left-handed bow that's clocking them to the left and then all of a sudden you change the draw length by a half inch and it, and it turns. And I think that might have something to do with orbital deflection, uh, which way that riser is turning or tweaking. So, um, so yeah, uh, Dirk, uh, trad strings. Uh, we are uh, gearing up right now for um, Flemish twist and bloodline fiber. So uh, that's coming. Uh, we're doing some, some testing right now. Um, Jeremy Balderrama crossbow strings too. Yes, uh, crossbow strings we, we build currently uh, in BCY products um, and Dynaflight 97, uh, but we do have HT99 and bloodline uh, coming in. Uh, Shane, those A3 strings will ship to you at the end of the week to execute. Oh, yeah, Shane, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've those are actually going to ship probably tomorrow afternoon, so uh, a little sooner than expected. 
And Andrew might ask, can you tell us more about the future plans with GearHead? Well, so this year we, you know, we have this T30 with the rotational limb support. Um, like I said earlier, I'd, I want to work that through the whole, you know, line of the 20s and the 24 and the 36. Um, it just seems it makes, you know, the bow just shoot better. Um, the crossbow right now, we're in the middle of a redesign on that to, to make it um, a little bit, uh, I may even bump the speed up a little bit, but I mean, it just, the assembly process of the, of the crossbow is a lot slower than it should be. And it, it just has so many parts that are all going together. So we're, we're looking at machining um, more of the parts. So you can take three or four parts and machine one part out of it, even though the part is going to be more expensive when you start adding up all that and putting it together, it'll, it'll make it just a more efficient process. So the, the crossbow right now is getting, is getting redesigned. And again, I can maybe bump the speed up a little bit with a, a different, a different limb. Um, and, and, and then I guess I wouldn't mind bringing like the T18 and add some adjustability to that. There's a little bit of testing because, you know, the T, the reason we ended up with an 18 inch axle axle bolt was the smallest we could go without having the peep in the string track. So we kept going and that was the first bow we started with. We made the smallest bow we could. Like most companies, they start with a big bow and they go small. We actually went opposite. We made a really small bow and we've been, we've been getting bigger. Um, axle to axles. And, and the biggest one we make is, is, a, is a 40 inch. Um, so I would like to get the 18 because especially with the way saddle hunting is growing, there's really a, a big demand for the, the smaller bows. And, and I think that would really help the, the product line a lot. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. When I first, when I first saw those, those T18s out there, I was like, man, how do you, how do you even put a peep sight in it? Because I mean, <laughs> you know, something that small, you automatically being, yeah. in, being in the industry so long, you're like, ah, you know, the, it, it, it makes it tough tough to tie because it goes right up it goes right up to that serving you know yeah um so randy during one of the best features about a3 strings is that the peep has zero twist as the bow is drawn uh what is the flaw in a string build that causes or allows the peep to twist um so randy there's a couple things that can happen um the number one issue in when we see peep twist is a two color string uh, and one color has a little bit more tension in the layup than the other um, and so when you put that string together, the different tensions allow one bundle to take the load and the other side not to take the load. So you see that twist and untwist. Um, second uh, piece of it is uh, too tight a serving. If you're serving super tight, you can actually induce twist under the serving, uh, causing that, that bundle to, to be unstable again. Uh, and I guess the third thing that, uh, that I've seen other companies, um, and it, we've made it the, the same mistake. Uh, it's easy to do um, if you twist it the wrong way and serve it the wrong way. Uh, but any good string builder uh, worth his salt, as soon as he cuts the air off, uh, that people start twisting like a, you know, <laughs> like a propeller blade. And it's like, you know, you need to cut that with a razor blade and just start over. Um, so you don't typically see that a whole lot. But yeah, uh, bundle tension and serving tension is the two main causes. Uh, one thing I will say about peep rotation, and we get calls and emails a lot, um, is they say my peep's rotating, um, and I get them to send me a picture, and, and it's just cocked to one side. Um, and it stays in the same position as drawing, so that peep is not actually rotating, it's just cocked. Um, and typically what we see uh, people that install or your shop that wants to get you out of there quick, uh, they put the peep in, they, they bring it back and say, okay, let's, let's push it up a little bit. And they, they push the peep up in the bundle and it actually increases the twist profile above the and 
the uh, decreases it below the peep. So you see that cocked effect. So one way to fix it is to take the peep out, uh, let the bundle put back together uh, and put it in the correct place. Uh, the other way to fix that is just you know, maybe give it a half twist, um, you know, take, take it off the post and give it a half twist and, and get it straightened back up. So uh, let's talk about your bow fishing bow. All right, we have a we have this one apparatus that was kind of uh, inspired by Tim Wells. It's 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 part bow, part slingshot. So it has uh, the limbs from the the bow industry, and it attaches uh, rubber tubing to it. So it, it it basically the draw length is as far as you can pull it back, and the farther you pull it back, the more energy you create. Um, you can shorten the tube and get your draw weight a little bit higher. So I mean, we, we ship them at, at 30 pounds because you can shoot them a bunch and you, you develop really good form. And then you can shorten the tube, you can get to 45 pounds and we've actually killed four, four or five deer with it. One guy shot a grand turkeys, uh, but we mostly made it for fish. Um, it's just, it's, it's something fun um, with younger people. It's a, you don't have to worry about your draw length. It's as far as you can pull it back. And it's a, it's a good training tool to, Actually, the before the U.S. Olympic uh, um, thing down in uh, Arizona, they use it as a training tool for the Ukrainian women for like uh, recurves. Because if you you make a bad shot, it's magnified with the T15. So then when you go from the T15 to your recurve, your your accuracy and your your shot execution is just way better. So it it, it magnifies your air. So when you go back to the recurve, you you shoot really good. So, uh, Jeremy Balderrama, I know it's kind of backwards, but have you thought about making a crossbow that has speeds that abide by ASA speed limit to get more crossbows in ASA? Well, that's the nice thing about our crossbows. We shoot regular arrows with that. So um, the arrow knocks onto the string. It's, it's not a bolt, and we're actually using the same arrows that we, we shoot with. So you can, you can choose between a, a 500 spine, 400 spine, 340, and, and we you can change your speed of that. Like today I, I sent a, a bow out to Alabama and, and I put 90 pound limbs on it. And I'm gonna use it strictly for the ASA. And when I was shooting it through the chronograph, ironically it was, it chronoed like uh, 338, 335 and 331. So, I mean, it, it's right where they need it to be for the, for the ASA. And the reason the ASA has that, that softer speed on that is it doesn't really tear up the targets and you know it's more like a, a bow so they're not just you know blowing through targets and it just makes pulling the arrows out easier too but that's that's uh we we are set up perfect for asa for for crossbows just for questions dear crossbow um does the diameter of the arrow matter so we also use a trigger tech trigger box and there's uh there's only one arrow diameter we get in and that's like the triple triple x uh, yeah the, yeah and plus i i don't think asa would really you know get behind that if, if we were shooting 27s and our people are shooting like 23s you know that that would kind of I, I talked to the trigger tech people i said you know if you just open it up about you know 20 30 thousandths i could get the bigger shaft in there and, there, and, it, and it just hasn't hasn't worked for them but yeah it's also a rail system too so you know that you don't have to lube the rail or anything with that and um, we shoot the cock feather up and that brought the whole system higher. So you're not pushing your cables and that, um, so much side pressure. So you get really long, um, cable and string length out of it too. And again, it's just, it's just regular bow strings. We, we basically took the T18 and turned it horizontally and, uh, and made a crossbow out of it. Uh, 
All right, I see uh, viewers kind of dying off. Everybody's kind of jumping off. I think we're, we're kind of running. They've had enough of us? I think they had enough. <laughs> oh, come on, so, guys. Um, but no, uh, this has been good. I hope uh, everybody that's that's uh, that joined is, is getting uh, some, you know, again, some answers to their questions. Um, and again, guys, if you've got more questions, you didn't feel comfortable asking them here, uh, more than welcome to send me an email, uh, shoot me a text message, uh, Facebook, you know, whatever. Yeah. Pretty and, easy to get, get in touch with. And yes, yes to Jeff when you can paper tune our crossbow. And <laughs> and and I I try to send it from the factory where it's it's pretty close. I kind of know from doing them enough that basically a crossbow is just a mechanical advice piece that re, you know repeats over and over. And and in the most the thing with the crossbow and accuracy, the arrow is more important than the crossbow, and that's across the whole spectrum. I mean, if you find a good the arrow, the crossbow is just a mechanical mechanical device that repeats, and your arrow is your is your uh, your variable. Derek, uh, we need an A3 gearhead turkey hunt at Hell's Canyon bow hunting ranch. Absolutely, I uh, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, for you, for those of you guys that uh, that have not checked out Hell's Canyon bow hunting ranch, uh, go out there and check them out. Uh, they're out there on Facebook. Uh, I think they got a website. Um, yeah, uh, good, good, great ranch. Uh, you know, great, great accommodations. So uh, get those guys. Check them out for next year. All right, then, guys. Right. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me into your uh, wheelhouse. This is pretty exciting. Uh, for, for everybody here, we are actually sitting in the string up. So we're, we're looking at machines and fiber and, and whatnot. So. Yeah, uh, still under construction, but uh, we had a string, string. We just we just moved the company here uh, about 30 days ago. So uh, thank you guys. It's been good. It's been yeah, thank you. Um, thank you guys for coming. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank Thanks you, Mark, for, for being on the podcast as well. within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're going to mount in line with the bow to use the outside, just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three-eighths, an inch and five-eighths, an inch and three-quarters, and then also our four-pin housing, which is an inch and three-quarters. We also offer a 10,000 pin and a 19,000 pin for both single-pin and four-pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. 
Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club.